101 PMZ. We are your, I guess, your one-stop shop for everything that's crypto. I'm Ken Rakowski. Joining me on the phone is Mr. William Quigley, who, by the way, we are celebrating this week. William, I'm not sure if you know what happened. Back in January of 2009, this week, on January 3rd, 2009, it was the first... The very first block was mined. 50 Bitcoins were mined, which, which of course would be around, oh, I don't know, $800,000 today. We're, we're, we're right now on that nine-year mark, and I'm wondering if FOMA, fear of missing out, has hit anybody when it comes to this because it's pretty amazing. What an incredible ride. I know you went through the whole dot-com days when that all launched in the 90s. Does this mirror what happened back then, or do you feel it's different? Well... Like all things, you know, it, there's always differences. It's, it's similar in this way. The early adopters, the people who first started building websites, building the infrastructure for the web to work, uh, building applications, and then, you know, e-commerce sites, those were people who were not necessarily part of the mainstream. Uh, you know, if, if you want to put it uh, uh, in an uncharitable way, you would say people who didn't have a lot to lose anyway, so they might as well get involved with the, uh, you know, with with uh, the internet. The internet at that point was considered a bit of a gray area. Um, a lot of payment processors didn't trust it. Of course, God forbid if you should put your credit card or your personal details on the web at that point, you were probably going to be, you know, kidnapped. Uh, so. That lasted for several years until the bubble began, and the bubble began in September 1998. And uh, while it seems like it was a long time, it, it lasted for about 18 months. It ended in March 2000. And virtually all of the value that was created during that time, uh, during the internet era of, of Web 1.0, virtually all of the value was created during that 18 month period. So, what we don't know today is we don't know when the quote bubble has begun. Some people say, well, you know, internet uh, or the uh, Bitcoin has been uh, rising, it's in a bubble, what's gonna happen? Well, if you consider since the invention of Bitcoin and, and crypto in 2009, well, it's been like a freaking nine year bubble. So there's not too many bubbles that last for nine years and you probably wouldn't call them a bubble if they did. So, uh, but, Really, when I look at the extraordinary uh, like exuberance around cryptos, that really began in, um, call it December 2016, so roughly a year ago. And uh, roughly a year ago, I'm going to guess the combined market capitalization of all cryptos was maybe $40 billion. And today it's uh, $800 billion. So we're... We're uh, another 20% rise, and we, we will have a $1 trillion asset class. And I didn't think that was going to happen for another year. Yeah, that is incredible. And so that is, if you go back to your question about the internet, as the market values of these internet companies began to skyrocket, people on Wall Street had to take notice because – there was a lot of money to be made and mainstream America started saying to their stockbrokers, how come I'm not making that? And I believe that 2018 is the year that happens. I think you've got 
a lot of mainstream America saying, maybe I should be doing this. And why is it I can't get it from my broker? Well, not just mainstream America. Wait, quick, let's face it. It's just not mainstream Americans. Let's talk about, I'm hearing sovereign wealth funds are getting involved. And when we start seeing these gigantic pools of money saying, yeah, this is something we want to be part of, that's a game changer. Yeah, there's, I can confirm that. Uh, definitely. Sovereign wealth funds and also very what you would call like prestigious money management firms, uh, big hedge funds are starting to say, our clients want exposure to this asset class. And there's all kinds of problems with trading these things and securing them. And once you hold them, not losing them and all that. But it is a... In the financial world, when there is an asset class that's rising a lot and people are all talking about how much money they're making, it becomes, it becomes very hard for uh, uh, institutional investors to ignore it. And they've been able to ignore it up until now because it was considered sort of a fringe activity. And, and I'm not even making a comment on whether these, uh, these valuations are currently justified. Uh, it's hard to know. But what uh, it's one thing, you, you know, the boil the frog analogy yeah. is slowly turn up the temperature. The frog doesn't notice. Well, uh, the frog really notices it when the water instantly starts boiling to go from, you know, 40, 50 billion market cap to 800 billion market cap in the span of a year that takes that gets people's attention. And, and I think right now, the beginning of the year. Uh, this is when people want to start thinking about how do I get exposure to this? They start adjusting their portfolios. And so that, I believe, is what's going on. A lot of big institutional investors are saying, how do I even participate in this? So that's William Quigley. William Quigley, who's based, we're both based in Southern California. Uh, I'm not sure if this is the crypto hub of the world. It seems like it's everywhere. But let's face it, William, when the dot-com thing happened, it really was resonating more in San Francisco. Would you say, is it still a West Coast-type thing where all the cryptos are happening, or is it really global, and is China one of those engines part of this? You just said it. Yeah, I mean, there is no one geographic area where everything's going down, you know? there You could argue that wherever there are what we call money centers— places where lots of stock exchanges are based, lots of money managers are based, you're going to have a pretty active crypto uh, community. So uh, I think the real story is it's global for sure. Uh, companies are being created in the crypto and blockchain space all over the world. There is no one dominant place, though there is a lot of uh, – a lot of uh, – real speculative fever going on in Asia. Uh, uh, it, it is, you know, there's all kinds of reasons why uh, various countries in Asia, why the people find cryptocurrency particularly attractive. Uh, but what is, what is sort of a side story is just what the hell happened to Silicon Valley? Yeah. You know, this is a, this is an emerging global and fascinating technology, the blockchain, and it's it, it involves a lot of, of software developers who need to go in and improve the existing systems. Well, that's typically the domain of Silicon Valley, and yet Silicon Valley has been non-existent just about in this area. 
relative to Silicon Valley's importance in traditional venture capital, uh, they're, they're irrelevant uh, when it comes to cryptos. I, I think a lot of that's going to change. You know, but people like Peter Thiel, the founder of uh, co-founder of PayPal, and a guy in his own right, he's done a lot of great investing. The fact that Peter uh, this week said he is going to be um, managing a crypto portfolio, it seems to me he's putting a lot of his own time and attention into it. That that I believe is going to spark the interest of a lot of other maybe more conservative funds up in the Bay Area, who have almost had an excuse not to do anything. The, the venture capitalists, not all of them, but a lot of them are sort of, uh, they like working in groups. And so if the group doesn't move towards something, they all feel safe not looking at it. Well, they shouldn't feel safe anymore because for a whole bunch of reasons, we could dedicate a whole segment to it. The venture industry is one of the first industries I see being disrupted by what's going on in cryptos. So. Peter Thiel is sort of ringing the bell saying, hey, Silicon Valley, this stuff is happening. It's real. The best and the brightest are migrating to it. Silicon Valley needs to have a role. So this is the first week of 2018 we're doing the show. Just to give you an idea, Bitcoin is at $15,240. Ripple is at $3.35. And Ethereum is at $994.79. So just to give you kind of a time date stamp on what's going on in the world, uh, William and I are here every single week to give you an update. It's interesting uh, when we talk about legitimacy a little more. One of the most coveted events of the year takes place the third week of January in Switzerland. And it looks like crypto is going to be part of that conversation. This is the first time, right? Yes, it's the first. I mean, you're talking about, of course, Davos. The World Economic and, Forum, yes. Yes, the World Economic Forum uh, where leaders around the world, finance ministers, heads of industry, thought leaders, all come together for a week at the beginning of the year to talk about global monetary policies. They talk about uh, uh, economic factors driving societies, big, big picture kind of ideas, as well as uh, places where uh, you're going to be seeing a lot of capital flowing to. And right now, uh, I have to suspect anybody who is going to Davos in the capacity that they have, whether a government minister interested in the financial sector, whether you're a big company doing cross-border trading or you're an investor, you have to be thinking, what is the role that cryptos are going to play in whatever piece of the world they focus on? And as a result, uh, Davos is, I think, is this is a pretty big deal. Now, this event going on, it's a like a sidebar conference to Davos. It's not part of the the formal Davos conference, but uh, I'm pretty sure anyone who has a ticket to Davos can go into this this uh, side conference where there's going to be a lot of smart people talking about what's going on in the world of cryptocurrency. Uh, I bet you it's the hot ticket. I bet you it's where oh, a yeah. lot of people are going. I wonder if one of those conversations is going to be what's going on in Dubai. They're coming out with their own coin, which is called the, what's it, EM? MCash, yeah. MCash. Yeah. yeah. So so Dubai doing their own currency, cryptocurrency, why? Well, uh, th that's not been fully explained, but 
let me give you some uh, uh, what the statements that uh, uh, one particular uh, I think he was like director general of the Dubai economy, probably like a, a minister type position. What what he said, Ali Abrahim, uh, what he said was, uh, hey, we want uh, our citizens to be starting to use cryptocurrencies. They're going to make them this thing called MCash accessible for paying for government services and for non-government services, stuff like, you know, uh, uh, your utility bill, doing money transfers, uh, retail. So Dubai is basically saying to its uh, its businesses and its uh, government agencies, we need to be thinking about this next evolution of fiat money, uh, what what has become cryptocurrency, and let's start to get our citizens comfortable with using it. And and hopefully, I'm sure they're thinking. Uh, get some benefits from the latest blockchain technology that can help them in other areas. Uh, now, Dubai is not, you know, China. It's not the United States. It's a, it's a relatively small, uh, I guess it's sort of like a uh, principality or it's part of the United Arab Emirates. Yeah, it's but, one of the five. It's one of the five regions, but it's it's but, one of the ma major driving forces of the Middle East. Yeah, and it's it's a well-respected financial capital. And so I see this as, a, as an important move. There's been other places. Uh, 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 Finland has talked about adopting a cryptocurrency. Uh, uh, yeah, but I think what's important is Dubai is actually part of this Innovation 2020, which you know really sets the pace of what's happening in the next decade. So them moving towards this could actually set the bar for other countries that will be competing or being part of Innovation 2020, which will be taking place next year. So maybe this is one of those moves to show that we're moving away from paper and moving more towards digital, which is interesting. Again, William and I are here every single week. Uh, this is CoinDMZ. You can follow us at CoinDMZ. And by the way, we're also listed over at iTunes. You can download the podcast every day. Uh, anytime you want. Later on in the show, John McAfee is going to be joining us. It's not the best recording, and John claimed after we were finished recording, he said he won't be drinking as much on the next time he's on the show. <laughs> hey, so talk to me about yeah. different drivers out there that create appreciation in a lot of these currencies, because we see these things just go up, go up, go up. Is there certain ways to almost look at something saying, yeah, that's going to have a ride? Right. And I threw some money into it. Absolutely. So as you know, I've created a model that will predict with 90% accuracy where cryptocurrencies are going to go in the next month. Really? Of course not. <laughs> <laughs> would I be talking to you on this show if I had that? No! <laughs> and for nine ninety nine a month, I will be back. No. Uh, hopefully anyone who heard that... Uh, uh, says to themselves, really? Clickbait. Uh, yeah. Clickbait. Yeah, clickbait. clickbait please, things. please do not respond to any clickbait. And, and I'm beginning to see it. You know, stop. Learn how to trade like an expert. There are no experts at this stuff. There are no experts. There are none. But let's face it. I This is my belief. And you tell me if I'm at least kind of correct. If you start seeing it on, let's say, coinmarketcap.com and it's within the top 20 coins, not tokens, but coins, and it's under a buck. In my mind, people are saying, hmm, maybe I should put something into this. 
That's what I thought would happen with Ripple and then what was it, Tron and all these other ones. It was cheap and people are saying, hey, I got to get in the game and it's cheap. Yeah, well, we're going to talk more about that later because I do want your audience to understand uh, the difference between market capitalization and the price of a token or the price of a coin uh, mm -hmm. because it can appear that one token is trading for $0.20 cents and another token is trading for $20 and one would say, oh, the first token is cheaper when in fact that's not the case. It may be simply that there are a lot more tokens outstanding in the first case, so the combined value of all the tokens in the first case is worth $5 billion. The combined value in the second case, whether it's $20, is $100 million. Well, what's cheaper? Well, if you can buy all the tokens for $100 million, that's actually cheaper than the one that you can buy all the tokens for $5 billion. But I think there is a a tendency for some people to look at just the price of the token, and if it's in you know less than a U.S. dollar, it's quote cheap, and that's really not the way to look at it. But but I understand right. a lot of people do. Uh, I think if you uh, so first of all, there is no way to predict where tokens are going. And, and again, we could talk long a, a lot about this. Uh, uh, 2017 had more market capitalization, more value created in 2017 than all the years before in cryptocurrency. Uh, in fact, you can take all the value created in cryptocurrency all the way up to the beginning of 2017, and it wouldn't even be, you wouldn't even care if you lost that. So we have to understand that, that uh, what's going on now, nobody is an expert at knowing. It just began, right? In the last year, these things started popping, and there's reasons for, you know, Governments are getting more comfortable. There's more exchanges. More people are getting, are getting to look at it. Uh, I will tell you things that I look at globally uh, to, to, to determine if you know, cryptos are still likely poised for growth versus retrenchment. One is just the growing interest and awareness factor. So anyone who has access to a browser, you go on Google Trends, type in Google Trends. Uh, it's a very fun tool if you haven't used it go there very simply put in a word so you type in google trends you go to the google site you put in the search bar bitcoin and what you will see is uh the all-time high of awareness and searches for bitcoin is right now they measure it from a scale of zero to 100 so over the length of any search term you look at a hundred is when it reached peak awareness uh, Bitcoin is at 100 right now. So as long as we've been talking about Bitcoin, all the press and all that, right now, more people are engaging on um, Google and searching and looking at Bitcoin-related articles than in any other point uh, since Bitcoin was created. So that tells you you are in peak awareness point. Now, it doesn't mm. mean it won't it could be peak awareness. Remember, this is all relative, right? right. Of, uh, so it could be that that's still only 10% of, of the population, but of that 10%, they've never been more engaged. We could still have a long way to go, but it's something you guys want to think about. It's like, wow, there's a lot of attention being put on this right now, which means the price should be kind of high. And it is. It's at $15,000. And when we say Bitcoin, for most people, Bitcoin and all of what we call the altcoins, the coins other than Bitcoin, are uh, one and the same. They're interchangeable. So even I find myself saying Bitcoin sometime when I just mean cryptocurrencies in general. Yeah, you mean crypto. Yeah. And it's interesting. Related topics. 
iota chicago board of options fork ripple <laughs> i just love watching it it's all the buzz terms now in the industry we we're always trying to go a little deeper than that at times too people so you realize that we might talk about something that is not trending so at least you know where something might be going let me talk about portfolio management how do you do that william how do you do portfolio management of cryptos? Yeah, uh, well, yeah, because you you have a pretty extensive portfolio, don't you? Um, yeah, I mean it's extensive enough, I guess. So what what I would how, how do you know when to get out? How do you know when it's time to, you know, maybe yeah. this is at that point so, I need to liquidate it or move it around? So the 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 word of the day rebalancing rebalancing. So you have a certain amount of your money. Uh, into cryptos. Hopefully people listening have put something in. You might be able to afford $100, $1,000, $5,000, $10,000. Whatever you can afford to lose, you put into cryptos. And maybe you do Bitcoin first, Ethereum, maybe Ripple, Bitcoin Cash, whatever it is. The big market cap ones. And of course, if you go to coinmarketcap.com, it's ranked. The biggest coins in terms of market capitalization down to the smallest. Most people initially go into the big ones, which is probably not a bad idea. Then my what we do, what my partners and I do, is we periodically, it's about once a quarter, we rebalance. So if one particular coin has become 40, 50% of our holdings, we consider that to be too much. We would like no coin to be more than maybe 25% of our holdings. And so when one coin's gone way up, what we will tend to do is uh, trade that coin or a portion of it for other coins and we typically focus on two areas, the top 100 coins, right? And there's a lot of interesting ones. And then the ICOs, the ICOs, which are these initial coin offerings, uh, they are the new coins being born. And I got to tell you, uh, there was a concern in, in uh, Q4 of last year that the ICO boom was over. That and I, I didn't know. I, I it seemed like that was certainly reasonable, but it turned out it's not the case. Uh, there are so many new ICOs coming out; it's amazing. And I was looking at the upcoming ICO calendar, and pretty much going out two months every single day, there's at least one new coin being born every so day. Every every single day, yeah. So we we know that there's going to be. Uh, a lot of i'm sorry for that beep we know that there's going to be a lot of uh of uh coins that are coming out uh in the next call it you know two months i don't know how much how how did wax do so you guys of course at opskin i'm not sure how much you can talk about that um as you look at it from the peripheral um that wasn't that was a uh an opskins token and that is a new coin now correct Yes, we, we now have a, a new, uh, there's a new coin out in the market. It's the, uh, it's the WAX token. Uh, you can uh, go to WAX.io and read about it. Uh, uh, the token is traded on one exchange right now. Uh, we, we launched that token in um, uh, end of December. And so uh, I suspect over the coming months, exchanges will pick it up uh the wax token and the wax platform are uh near and dear to me because my team and i built it to do a particular thing that we think cryptos are great for which is trading virtual items in-game virtual items back and forth between people 
I am the CEO of a company called Opskins. Opskins is the world's largest marketplace for people who want to buy and sell these these digital items, in-game digital items. And that's a big market, by the way. $50 billion a year is spent in the secondary market buying and selling these digital items. But there's a lot of reasons why traditional fiat currency, that's the paper money, uh, doesn't isn't a really good way to buy and sell this stuff. Uh, there's a huge cross-border element. The majority of the people buying and selling these items are trading with people in different countries, a Chinese person trading with a Brazilian, you know, a German trading with an American. And when you have to convert your currencies to the other currency of the seller, uh, there's a big expense to that. So it is actually really well suited, this industry, for cryptocurrency. We then went one step further and, and said, what other bells and whistles could we build into a new cryptocurrency that would take a lot of the things that my company does today, Opskins, and embed it in the smart contract uh, of this cryptocurrency. So people can not have a middleman, essentially, and trade with each other back and forth across border, not worrying that they're going to get scammed. So that's WAX. That's what we call a utility token, by the way, for the audience. Uh, utility tokens are basically tokens designed to do a particular function or work within a particular industry. 2018 is the year of the utility token. 2017 oh, and before was infrastructure. It was like in the internet era, you had Cisco, you had Verizon, you had Oracle for databases, you had uh, uh, you know guys who were building routers and analytics software, and that's sort of what we call the infrastructure. So that's the tools you use to create your websites for people to get on websites and transact. Well, the infrastructure coins like Ethereum, of course, Bitcoin, EOS, many, many others, uh, you could call Ripple an infrastructure coin. Those have been sort of seeding the way that now allow uh, with the platforms that they've built other utility tokens and new applications to work directly with the consumers. Because if you and I have talked about, Ken, uh, cryptocurrencies, uh, up until now, they've not been terribly consumer friendly. And, and I believe in 2018, we're going to start to see real innovation in making these things easier to use and more obvious solutions. A lot of people say, well, I got a Bitcoin, what do I do with it? Well, there's a lot you can do with it, but maybe we're going to start to see a lot of marketing around cryptos. We're going to see a lot of new ways to hold the cryptos. The current generation of wallets are not that great. Uh, and then a whole lot of use cases like WAX. So the 400 million video gamers who like to trade video items back and forth, video game items, are going to see that WAX is a really convenient way to do it. I, I love what's happening. And of course, William has to take a different position because he can't promote or really dive deep into this. He can only educate you on this because uh, it's an invest investment vehicle. I mean, I know there's no SEC on your uh, in, inside the crypto space yet, but I would say playing it safe is the right bet. Don't you agree? Yeah, but I've always been this way. As a venture capitalist, my view has always been, uh, you know, you give people good information to figure out whether or not uh, uh, a particular investment is right for them. And then ultimately they make the decision. Uh, there, You're right about that. Again, uh, regulation is an area where it's always uh, – part and parcel with any discussion about cryptocurrencies. Uh, and uh, the area of regulation I would like to see in particular is just around uh, giving 
clear guidance, governments giving clear guidance to what sort of licenses do people need if they're operating certain types of businesses? Uh, what are the tax implications of buying, selling, trading cryptocurrencies? Uh, what sort of record keeping needs to be done? In most industries, over time, regulators in each of the different countries have come up with the rules. And we, you know, if, if uh, uh, this industry is going to grow and we're going to get big companies to start embracing it, those companies want to know, are there rules and are we playing by them? Yeah. And I think that's something where governments have been very cautious about cryptos. And so they've been slow. Now we're starting to get more countries thinking about it, Japan being the leader, maybe. The U.S. is starting to do stuff. We have you know, New York, which issued a cryptocurrency, uh, a Bitcoin license to operate exchanges. Uh, but we need more, I wouldn't say more regulation, but more clarification from the different regulatory bodies as to how they interpret the blockchain and the crypto space. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick little break. When we come back, we're going to have our conversation with John McAfee. And then after that, our last segment of the show, it's going to be a quick one, and that's how to get involved. What's it take to jump into the game? William Quigley, Ken Rakowski, Coin, DMZ. We'll be right back. We are honored to have joining us, not sure where he is, but it is John McAfee. Hey, John. Hey, Ken. How are you doing, sir? I'm not going to tell you where I am because not only do I now have uh, Central American authorities and the cartel after me, I have angry cryptocurrency investors after me as well. So um, there you have it. So quickly, I know, of course, you've been following all the, uh, let's call them characters in the crypto space. Has John made the final crossover to where he's seen as one of those characters? Oh, he is definitely a top, a top character. For sure. <laughs> I think character is the word. You know, yeah. as, as usual, I'm just going along trying to do the best I can to tell the truth, help people. I'm 72 years old. What in God's name do I need money for? Nevertheless, I recommend, I recommend coins um, like that. Okay. The, the Bill, Bill and Linda Gates Foundation invested uh, a half a million, the Homeland Security. It's a top coin. And so I recommend it. And people go, well, why didn't you recommend Verge? You know, you're always trashing Verge or, <laughs> or Dogecoin. Or, uh, the cryptocurrency community is the most ferocious, animosity-driven community I have ever been in. Quigley and I were talking the other day, and we, we noticed something that it almost seems like there's a libertarian slant to cryptocurrency where we see more libertarians now if you're outside the united states you have conservatives you have democrats and you have libertarian which are generally a little more right of republicans well absolutely what is crypto all about it is based on a blockchain which is a ledger that simply can't be changed uh i'm working with one company that is literally trying to fix history not not in the past can you imagine it's always the victors who rewrite history do they not but what if history was all on the blockchain it could not be rewritten i mean at least the actual facts we can agree on would that not be something because what we look to history 
to define what we should do in the present moment. Well, history's all screwed up. I mean, whoever comes in burns the books. What did the Spanish do to the Mayans? Burned all tens of thousands of books except for three. So we have no clue who the Mayans were. So my own coin, the McAfee coin, which is coming out next month, is designed to redistribute venture capital to those which the people want rather than the VCs want. Because VCs don't care what kind of product it is. If it makes money, perfect. I invent a tomato that rolls down a conveyor belt without bruising, perfect, we'll take it. I don't want to leave that to my kids. I'd rather leave something like alternative energy. So, but that's just mine. But there are so many coins that do just this. They remove the middleman, who is nothing more than a parasite. So of course, these are all libertarian concepts. What the blockchain does and what cryptocurrency does is give power back to the powerless. Who are the powerless? The taxpayers, the ones that have to elect the officials who tell us what to do. The ones that have to, the ones that have to abide by the rules that people in power make. No, screw that. I would like to help make the rules. Well, I think a lot of what John is saying is uh, in keeping with what I think as well. By the way, uh, just to correct you a bit, I would never call libertarians right of Republicans. They liber <laughs> libertarians are are left of Democrats when it comes to social liberties, yes. the, uh, yes. the Bill of Rights, and when it comes yes. to uh, people being able to do that which they enjoy and which does not harm others. Right? Yes. That's the ethos of libertarianism. So uh, I'd say, Ken, to call it right is or left. Well, is I, think, I think it's right and left, okay? Uh, and on the right, it is kind of like, I do not owe anybody anything by law. Now, now certainly under the liberal policies, half of our taxes go to pay people who do not want to work. Well, if I choose not to do that, I don't want to have to do that. I'd like to see and talk to my neighbor who's broke and go, oh, I see what happened. Sure, I'd be glad to loan you some money or give you some money. So uh, on that side, we're, we're further right than the Republicans. So yeah, we're, we're mixed. Quickly, it seems like everyone's jumping on the ICO token cryptocurrency bandwagon. Are they doing it because there's a wide opening or are they doing it because there's not enough information? Well, I'd say it's, it's both. I think that 99% of people who quote invest in cryptocurrencies don't even know what a blockchain is. They have not even bothered to read the white paper. Why? Some of them are 50 pages long and they don't understand a word. These people should be out and buying some stock in some company or getting their 10% per year from the bank because they will lose their shirts, I promise you. 95%, believe me, I get every white paper. that You know, I think it makes sense, right? Anytime you have uh, uh, a lot of people who are, who are looking at a get-rich-quick kind of phenomenon, they're going to jump in whether they know or don't know. I'm sorry. But William, you just went through, your organization went through a token, um, an ICO itself. And 
Do you think if there was any form of regulation, it would have gone smoother or made it more difficult for you? Well, you know, I, 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 regulations do not work. Let's look at any average regulation. Banning marijuana. Has that stopped anybody from smoking weed? In, in prohibition, they banned alcohol. We consumed more alcohol during prohibition than in any other case. You cannot protect people from their own stupidity. The only way that people can be protected from their stupidity is by making the mistake. What John is saying is absolutely right. Uh, the key point about a blockchain is this. It is permissionless. In fact, people talk about the immutability and the decentralized nature of blockchains, and those are cool, and I've been enamored by that. But what blows me away is the fact that it's permissionless. If you have a browser and an internet connection, you can set up a, yeah. quote, Bitcoin bank account. You can do whatever you want to do. And yes, by being permissionless, it also means you're out there on your own. So if you make a bad decision, it's your it's your loss. If you make a good decision, it's your gain. And I think one of the things that the libertarian streak in people associated with cryptos comes out around is when it comes to the fact that, hey, a regulator is not going to go uh, coddle you and tell you to do one thing or the other. By the way, it didn't work too well when it came to subprime loans and, and banks either. Oh, that, that's for sure. You, you have to do what you feel is best. If you're worried about losing money in cryptos, which you ought to be, as, as John notes, <laughs> you can lose a lot in high pollutant things like this. But if you're worried about it, then just put in enough money where if you were to lose it all, it wouldn't mean a substantial amount to you. That's the key with any high risk, high reward investment. Yes, absolutely. And by the way, hallelujah, on the permissionless statement. Few people mention that. If I want to I be my own, my own bank, I'll download an Ethereum wallet, a Bitcoin wallet, a Litecoin wallet, or any freaking wallet I want, and I'm my bank. I don't have to go to my bank to fill out a form to do a wire transfer. I get to there choose. Is, yeah, I'm there sorry. is no mother may I. There is no right. mother may I, which right. is what and if, I and if I'm sending. Out. If I'm sending small amounts of money, I'm not going to use Bitcoin because they charge me more yeah. than the money I'm sending. I'll use Ether. It's a, it yep. only takes a couple of seconds. However, if I want to buy something of value, like a car, which I have, Bitcoin's all they will take. But then the transaction fees are so infinitesimally insignificant that mm -hmm. it doesn't matter. But see, we get that choice. We may choose. And if we understand what we're doing, then wonderful. If you don't, then friggin' learn. There's a thing called the internet and Google. Google it. Yeah. You can learn everything you need to know about the blockchain and cryptocurrencies in two hours, I promise you. So, John, this is, this is our first show of the year, and if, but I want to ask predictions for 2018. Give us three. Okay. Now, I will caveat this. I think number one is Sether, S-E-T-H-E-R, Sether.io. Why? Because what I hate about social media is if I go onto Facebook uh, and I tell somebody wow. I bought a pair of shoes, then suddenly I've got ads everywhere going, hey, we've got a pair of shoes, right? They're the middlemen who suck up everything. Sether is removing that. It interfaces with every social media platform. 
and, and it basically democratizes that whole universe. So I invested heavily, I'm telling you now. So maybe you should take this into heavy consideration. I'm heavily invested into Sether, S-E-T-H-D-R dot I-O. All right, so, so, so there you have it. Um, and, and actually the coin I recommended yesterday, which everybody trashed me, Factum, seriously. You have to read that white paper. You have to read the white paper. And then the third, that, the third that, one, which wait, I- Wait, wait, is that, is that a, wait, wait, real quick. Is that a coin or a token? What is that? It's a token. Okay. It's a token. Now they've been out for a while. Now, Sether.io is, is a, uh, they're in an ICO. Um, you know, the, whatever their, their, their price goes up as the time goes on, whatever the price is, it's cheap as a dirt compared to what it's gonna do next year. And I hate to say this because nobody believes me, Bitcoin. Bitcoin cannot be stopped. Why? I am one of the largest Bitcoin miners outside of China. I get to see where this shit's going. Do you know the problems with Bitcoin could be solved in half an hour if we could just get consensus from this freaking community? And we will, okay? You'll see transaction fees drop to next to nothing. You will see the speed go faster than Ethereum. So I hate to say it, it's a, you know, Everybody says, oh, no, Bitcoin's dead. I promise you, it is not. All right, there you go. John McAfee, what an interesting guy. Hopefully next time we'll have a better uh, conference bridge so it sounds a little better. Before we leave, and by the way, next week, William, I'll be in Indonesia. We'll record the show. I'm hoping to have a few guests on uh, with us. I'm also trying to get a hold of the finance director of Indonesia and have her on the show with us because Indonesia, of course, making a lot of interesting steps, some not all that positive, and we'll find out what or how they're thinking about crypto and where they're putting up some potential roadblocks, but we'll keep you up to date on that. But before we go, William, I want to know some easy steps. Grandma has a few extra dollars she wants to get involved mom or dad your you your sisters your brothers what's the best simplest way to start so you don't have any cryptocurrency no bitcoin no ripple no Bitcoin cash you have a little bit of money and you'd like to own it yeah right okay so today there's not that many convenient ways to do it uh uh the the regulated exchanges are probably the most straightforward way bitrix gemini Coinbase, Kraken, uh, anyone who does a simple Google search will find these names. They all allow you to send money, so either a credit card or a ACH, a bank wire, to their exchange and then convert that money into cryptocurrencies. I would also say that if you're going to do that, uh, you need you don't don't do this don't call up a guy who you happen to know who knows something about cryptos and say what should i buy <laughs> please don't do that don't do that what you and, and, and because that's the that's the kind of the easy lazy person's way and it doesn't help you at all because you're only going to learn what this guy knows and this person might be biased even if they're your friend they might have done no work they might have called a guy to learn what they know there is an infinite amount of information about how to get into crypto, how to buy them, how to hold them, how to safeguard them, uh, how, what to look for when you're buying a coin on the web. 
YouTube, any of the information sites, they're prolific. They're everywhere. I, I emphasize this to everybody who says I want to get into cryptos. If you're not willing to put in 10 hours of work, mm-hmm. and that's not that much, guys, 10 hours of work initially to say, okay, I kind of get it, then don't do it. All right, just don't do it. You gotta be willing to put in the work. By the way, here's the good news. Once you do that, and once you start to own them and see what's going on, what I find is it becomes a hobby. It becomes something you like to do because it's fascinating. Some of the smartest people in the world are in it. Really interesting news you can read every day. And now that you own a piece of cryptos, it's more relevant to you. So become educated. And, and like I said, there's nothing – see, when the web started, there was no internet before it for you to learn all about how to do stuff. Now there is so much information. The other thing I would say if you're ambitious, <clears throat> go to a Bitcoin or a cryptocurrency blockchain conference. They're everywhere. They are. There's probably one in your town this week. There are meetups, there are larger, you know, uh, informal groups, and then there are full-blown conferences. Most of them not that expensive, but you go in there, you know, usually a couple of days, you hear lots of interesting people talk, and you start to make relationships with other people like you. And before you know it, you go from completely clueless to, okay, I've got a reasonable idea of what's going on. Self-education is, is, is incredibly important uh you know and that that will make you able to discern some of the crazy stuff from stuff that actually starts to make sense that's my advice i love that advice and of course like we said we're here every single week we'll keep you up to date what's going on this is a fast moving machine that's happening so you need to stay inundated and up to date william quigley and i we're here for you thanks a lot for being part of this week's coin dmc oh,